Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Are you ready, sweet friends? Oh, I have simultaneously been so excited uh, uh, to be back and frightened out of my gourd. So welcome. It's Lives of Courage with me, Jessica Stong. We are talking about mental health today. Your mental health matters. Your children's mental health matters. We need a space to be speaking into this because for so many of us, it is often hidden. We're walking through these difficult times, these difficult things, and we feel so alone. To me, this is probably one of the most important conversations we're going to be having. It's time to talk about mental health. And I'm here to share with you my experience with mental health, my own, my family's, what it's like to parent children with mental health challenges. I don't want to keep my story bottled up and I don't want you to hold in to hold back because of fear. Because walking through these experiences can feel so isolating and so confusing and so disorienting. And speaking about our stories takes courage. And that kind of courage isn't found in the everyday heroic acts or the giant heroic acts, but in the day-to-day living. And and it, it it's in admitting to and feeling the fear and overwhelm, but still walking fully, walking forward towards truth and love. It's not in hiding. Courage is in sharing your story, but it's not easy. Here we are. There is a stigma around mental illness, and I haven't wanted to talk about my own struggles or the problems we faced as a family in accessing care or in finding care. But the truth is, I'm broken and I'm traumatized. I've seen pain in my child, a child who wanted to commit suicide that no parent should have to see. And it felt so lonely for so long. My reaction to it all was to hide, to shut down. I wanted to give up. I haven't wanted to record a podcast because I wasn't living a life of exceptional courage. I was in complete fear every day. Fear that I would lose my son. And I decided that his pain was my fault, (laughs) right? I think we always do this as parents. I gave him the genetic gift 
of it's a it's a mouthful right of anxiety of dyslexia of ADHD and then depression I couldn't parent Henry the way I wanted because of so many factors I shut down and caved into myself in the shame of not being a quote good parent I wanted to be a parent of a perfect child. A child who didn't struggle with mental health challenges or learning differences. And in parenting these two incredibly beautiful and inspiring and courageous and amazing boys that I was given, I've been forced to confront my own reality. I've always worked hard to cover up my mental health challenges. I live with anxiety. It's always running in the background. And I have tried to do my best to feel it, to heal it. I remember reading um, Parenting from the Inside Out by Daniel Siegel, and I was like, I'm going to take control. But it's not always that easy. And I heard a child psychiatrist tell us this um, and explained anxiety to my son. Anxiety makes you think you cannot do the thing, whether it's to make friends or turn in an essay or, you know, make a good dinner or make a podcast episode. Then your idea of who you are and what you are capable of or what you want out of life is diminished because you were feeling all the anxiety all the time. And then depression sets in. It's the gap between who you are, what you think you are capable of, what you saw for yourself, and how you are living your life right now. So if you find yourself unable to start or to follow through with things you need due to anxiety, it can change the way you view yourself and ability to handle tough moments. And let's be honest, we rarely talk about cognitive fatigue or de decision fatigue, or because when you are constantly managing all these external stressors, you're exhausted. You've run a race that other people often don't have to run. And so at the end of the day, you're tired. And your life is not what you thought it would be. and you feel alone. And here's another aspect to my story and, and to the challenge in sharing my story is that I'm also sharing parts of my kids' stories. So please bear with me and it will probably be messy in the beginning as I wrestle with what is mine to own and what are my sons and how they get to tell their parts of the story when they are ready. So this is messy. This is real life and it's overwhelming and it's confusing. But I know that I can feel afraid. I can be honest about that. 
I can share with you what it's like to see your child who's self-harming and not know what to do. Even though you're mental health first aid trained, even though you've taken spiritual first aid, <laughs> even though you're trained in therapy, in cognitive behavioral therapy, most of you know that love affair is deep. And I love the work of acceptance and commitment therapy. And this idea that our issues don't just come from the painful experiences in our lives, yes, but rather much, most of our discomfort comes from struggling against those uncomfortable feelings and thoughts about those experiences. And I know right now, most of my discomfort comes from the fact that I argue that this isn't the way it was supposed to be. That I taught my kids about feeling words, that we had feeling buddies. My son wrote a book when he was nine about feeling your feelings and how using yoga to deal with those feelings. And yet, He's in deep pain. But we know that acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT, shows you how to confront and accept your experiences, your feelings, your thoughts. And that's when you stop struggling against them. That's when you stop overthinking everything remind you that stress and the difficult parts are all part of this deal, part of our experience, part of living here on earth. But we can find ways to feel the feelings, acknowledge them and work through them but we got to feel it, right? And so part of that is accepting our thoughts and feelings. You know, we were taught that um, feelings, if you just feel them, most of the time, it's like a 30 minute, 30 second wave. It can take 30 seconds to 30 minutes, right? Instead of spending three days fighting the feeling, distracting from the feeling, feeling overwhelmed by the feeling, right? I'm a great distractor. I love Daniel Siegel, who wrote Parenting from the Inside Out. And I think it is in um, the whole brain chat. I can't remember the name of his books. And of course, you guys know I just wing it. So I should have looked this up beforehand, but he talks about the river of well-being, right? And on one side of the river is chaos. And on one side of the river is rigidity. And how do we float down that river of well-being, of mental health, and notice 
when we're trying to control and we cling to that rigidity that I should not be feeling this way. I should be doing this. I should be a better parent. I should fill in the blank. And that that rigidity is you're trying to hold it all together. You're trying to, to control. And then on the other side is complete and utter chaos, right? Where everything's happening and you're too overwhelmed. You, you cannot make sense. You cannot keep it together. And so what I think of, of this idea um, that we learn in ACT is that we're floating down the river and we decide are we feeling our feelings? Are we damming them up, right? Are we going to one side or the other? And how do we get back on that, that, that floating down that river? I always say that I'm floating in like an inner tube that has a bottom because I'm always afraid. <laughs> this is anxiety at its finest. If I'm in a body of water, I'm afraid of getting brain-eating amoeba, right? or like a snake's going to attack me or something. So like, it's so fascinating to watch your brain, to watch your emotions, to accept those feelings instead of saying, I should be feeling something else. I think that's the hardest part for me about parenting children with anxiety is that I want them desperately to feel differently. And I support them in feeling their emotions, in expressing, in recognizing what it is in the moment that they're feeling. A, a lot of ACTs, uh, focus is on that present moment awareness. What is happening now? And you guys have heard me talk about uh, the cognitive distortions that happen. Well, a lot of my favorite ones is catastrophizing, right? Like what's going to happen in the future? It's going to be awful. So we just look at acceptance. Recognizing also that our thoughts and our feelings are not who we are. They are temporary and fleeting. And the more work we can do to feel it, to heal it. Thank you, Carl Jung. And it's this idea that I feel sad versus I am sad. And on a cognitive level, of course we get that, right? Like that everybody would say, yes, I feel this way but it doesn't make me who I am until 2 a.m. <laughs> makes it hard for me to talk about. And I don't say I feel sad. I say I am a bad parent because my child is suffering. And so if you are suffering, if you have a child that's suffering, you are not alone. And you can feel all the feelings. But the other part of ACT that I find so beautifully hopeful 
is in this idea of committed action. That we can take action. We can feel our feelings and do the thing, right? Take action in line with our values to create a fulfilling and beautiful and meaningful life. I think I'm going to do some book reports, <laughs> book reviews. Who says book reports? But that's what you get um, because there are so many beautiful people out there that are, that are uncovering and discovering and, and moving mountains to take action on creating a meaningful and beautiful life, no matter their temporary emotional experiences, their mental health diagnoses. We are not our diagnosis. I think that's the one thing that I have walked through in this time is that I know I'm bigger than my generalized anxiety disorder diagnosis. I am bigger than my depressive disorder. I'm bigger, I am more than my ADHD and dyslexia. But oftentimes, when you have a child in treatment, it feels like that's all people can see. You are all of you, and you are not alone. I should have had a Kleenex here, right? I, did, I was like, oh, it's it's totally fine. I will not get emotional because I, I have processed these feelings. <laughs> so I want you to hear me. Reach out to someone today. Maybe you know that they are walking through pain, or maybe you're walking through pain and you're walking alone. Reach out. Walk with someone. Therapy, spiritual direction, coaching, all have important places in your story. And when you're ready to share your story, when you're ready to share your voice, your life of courage, I am here. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm looking for people who want to visit with me during this month to share their story. Because it is the power of sharing that we see that we are all walking on this road, we're all, let's, here I go with my mixing of metaphors. We are all floating down the river, trying to stay in the current of mental well, emotional well-being. And yet, it's darn hard. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with me. I just see each of your faces as I share 
I thank you for your messages of hope and encouragement. I thank you so much for allowing me in my pain and overwhelm and confusion to share parts of my story. I can't wait. I'll be back next week. Just wait. Um, not quite sure, but if you have questions, if you have a story, please get in touch. Um, I love you all. Thank you so much. Have a great and courageous week, everyone. Thank you.